0: I don't see that much more upside. Let me get into another newer distressed building, ideally workforce housing, where I see more significant upside. And it's crazy if you just keep on kind of climbing the ladder and getting into a bigger and bigger building.
1: Isn't it just the best when a software comes out that makes your life easier, makes you more money, and by the way, it's free? Well, welcome to Stessa, today's best ever sponsor. Stessa is a smarter income and expense tracking software for property owners, It allows you to track, manage, and communicate the performance of your real estate asset. So basically, it helps you make more money by looking at your properties in one dashboard. It's a beautiful dashboard, by the way. And it shows you the KPIs, the key performance indicators that you care about. What's the value? How much cash flow are you getting? What's the debt that you have on the properties? What are you bringing in monthly? What are you bringing in annually? And It allows you to have a quick snapshot not only of your properties but also come tax time it's a breeze because you can scan receipts and invoices directly from the phone app and stessa will automatically read and categorize them for you no more data entry it's been talked about in Forbes New York Times Wall Street Journal and all it takes is just a few minutes to add your properties link the accounts and everything updates in real time without stessa i was looking at my portfolio on an infrequent basis i'm talking about my single family home portfolio i got three single family homes and i didn't realize that i had trapped equity but if i was looking at it from a dashboard that stessa has then i would have realized that hey, i got a portfolio value of x and i've got debt on it of y holy cow look at all this trapped equity i'm missing out and with stessa that won't happen. So go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. And it's free. It's free. stessa.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Heath Silverman. How you doing, Heath? Fantastic. Excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show as well, and a little bit about Heath. He is a part-time real estate investor and full-time technology entrepreneur. He actively manages a portfolio of 10 multifamily buildings comprised of over 60 units across the U.S. He's the co-founder and CEO of today's sponsor, which is Stessa, and Stessa, as you know, best ever listeners, is a software platform that lets property owners track, manage, and communicate the performance of their investments based in San Francisco, California. So with that being said, Heath, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Definitely.
0: So I've been working in tech for 20 years, investing in real estate for almost as long. My first property purchase was actually a single family home that I bought back in 2001 to live in, but I ended up house hacking So got a few roommates while I was fixing the thing up, and I got totally addicted to the supplemental income, coupled with that potential for appreciation. And I tried doing a number of deals in the years after 2001, made a number of offers, nothing really penciled out. But post-financial crisis, I saw a huge opportunity, and I really doubled down on real estate in a big way. Started buying distressed properties, primarily in the SF Bay Area. And these days, I would say I do around one to two deals a year. And I still get that rush, that combination of kind of both excitement and also that little bit of fear that comes with every new acquisition. So at the end of 2016, I combined my passion for real estate with technology and I founded Stessa.
1: And, and that-
0: I'll jump right into it. Yeah. So as you said, Stessa enables real estate investors to track, manage, and communicate the performance of the real estate asset. And I spoke to hundreds of investors when we were starting out with Stessa, and I learned that most still manage everything on an often out-of-date spreadsheet, Excel spreadsheet or Google Doc. And while it's great to have a basic system in place, they honestly have no idea whether they've made or lost money except one time a year uh, when they get the returns from their accountant. So Stessa really solves all this by enabling investors to really track their investments with intuitive reporting dashboards They can manage their income and expenses with our iOS app using our machine learning powered receipt scanner. And they can also communicate the performance of their properties with investment partners through portfolio collaboration tools.
1: So I want to talk both about your investing experience and stories, especially given that you started investing after the crash. So I want to talk about that and the timing of it. And then also I wanted to learn more about your software platform. So on the Stessa note, what's the difference between having a bookkeeper provide you with a spreadsheet of the P&L statement and what you all provide?
0: Most of our users and our primary focus is what I call kind of the long tail of investors, people who have two to maybe 10 buildings under management. Many of them don't have a bookkeeper today. Many of them are managing things on their own. As I said, they have this two bucks receipts, everything's in a spreadsheet, it's just a big stack of paperwork, and at the end of the year they kind of dump it on their accountant, or maybe they go through it all, spend a very painful weekend or even a week preparing for taxes. So we're really there to automate things in real time and give them a clear picture into how their
1: investments are performing. How big or small has a challenge been to convert people who are currently keeping their receipts and shoeboxes to being on a software platform to do that?
0: That's a good question. It's funny because we always say that our main competitor today is spreadsheets and inertia. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I mean, it's it's basically people have this system and they're like, this is my system. This is how things work. But (laughs) the reality is, is that when you go into the tool and you see in real time how your investments are performing, and we can surface up insights to inform decisions through analytics and notifications. We help investors monitor their rental properties so they know when to make those high-impact changes, like improving operational costs, raising rents, or even making big acquisition and disposition decisions. People, when they see that, they get excited. Oh, and of course, did I mention, it's free. (laughs) So (laughs) there is no cost to get started. The service is fully free for everything I've mentioned, and we intend to keep it that way.
1: And how do you make money?
0: So today, we focus primarily on the free platform. It's a, we're in an interesting place. We actually were acquired by JLL, Jones Lang LaSalle, at the beginning of this year. So prior to that, we were focused, I would say, on mid-market investors going after a bookkeeping solution with a premium SaaS product. And then post-acquisition, now that we're backed by these incredible resources of JLL and also the real estate expertise, we have the ability to make the product free. Long-term, we hope to add some value-added services for all these investors. So we have some ideas of some premium things that we can build on top of it. But the core functionality that we offer today is and will always be free.
1: What has been the decision that you've made with your portfolio that has had a high impact on your business as a result of seeing it on your platform where it was aggregated?
0: I think with that question... I'll jump right into our origin story. It's a pretty interesting one. Back in 2016, my co-founder Jonah Schwartz and I, we knew we were starting a new business. We started off by contemplating a number of big ideas around the future of work, (laughs) crazy stuff that we were whiteboarding in my attic. And we kept on getting totally distracted by our real estate portfolio. So we had a number of properties that we'd had on autopilot. And we did a deep dive into one of our multifamily buildings that really the past couple of years, we had done very little. In just a couple of weeks, we ended up nearly doubling the value of the building through a combination of operational efficiencies and also bringing some rents to market. So this added real value. And when I say real value, we took the new numbers to the bank, we did a cash out refi, and we took that real money and purchased a new property to grow our portfolio. So we were shocked by how much value we were able to create in such a short amount of time and had three big takeaways. One as real estate investors, we should be applying these learnings we had to our entire portfolio. Two, as tech product people, we could build software to automate nearly everything that we just did. And three, as entrepreneurs, there was a huge opportunity in the space to build a company around a technology solution that we could make available to the millions of investors just like us who use little more than a spreadsheet to manage their portfolios. So now with Stessa, on a day-to-day basis, it's automating a lot of what many people are doing manually, saving them time, and creating them value by providing those real-time
1: insights. You bought your first place to live in in 2001, but you ended up house hacking. You made offers from 2001 to up into the financial crisis did not buy anything and then after the financial crisis you started buying distressed properties in the San Francisco Bay area what year and if you remember what month did you buy your second property
0: i believe it was august
1: 2009 wow so I, right i mean yeah. you were you were maybe not even post financial crisis you were on the tail end of it i guess at the it was a, financial crisis. <laughs> yeah So Um, what gave you the confidence to buy it and then tell us the numbers, please?
0: Yeah, so I actually bought three properties all right around the same time. (laughs) Two were with some partners. I found that we all put in some money and created an LLC called S3. And we started buying up properties in the East Bay, so just outside of San Francisco. So cities like Fassoon and Oakley. And I think what gave us the confidence on those buildings in particular was one at that time, this is before I got into multifamily, single family was something that I had a lot of experience in. So I'd already done the whole house hacking thing, had a home that I lived in for a number of years and, and fixed things up. I kind of knew what everything should cost. And then two, just looking at the numbers, these are houses that had sold for $450,000 back in 2006, 2007. And these are in neighborhoods where it was kind of crazy post-financial crisis. Many people had lost their home. they were all in foreclosure. And you could pick them up direct from the bank for 90 k Sometimes they didn't have doors and windows were busted and they were definitely distressed properties. But with just a little bit of fixing them up, we were able to then rent them out for 14, dollars $1,500 a month. So the numbers penciled. We were cash flowing from day one and got us super excited. And from there, I kept on learning more about the trade. I got some mentors, had people help out, and ended up eventually 1031 wanting the single-family homes into multi-family buildings closer to where I lived in San Francisco, So places like Berkeley and Oakland, and just kept on expanding
1: from there. With workforce housing, what have you learned through that experience, and what's that been like?
0: I love it. I love multi-family. This was still classified as a residential property because it was four units.
1: Did you buy the four unit, or did you buy it as a three-unit unit, and you added the fourth?
0: Bought it as a three and I'm finishing up in the process of constructing the fourth. Okay, got it. And it's interesting. The whole area has been rezoned by the city because in San Francisco, there's definitely a, a housing crisis in terms of supply and availability and all of that. But when it comes to workforce housing, I've definitely used that as my strategy when evaluating and purchasing multifamily properties, whether it's in Berkeley, Oakland, certain other parts of San Francisco. Or even my most recent purchase now that was in Chicago, which was a 1031 exchange from building that I sold over in Oakland. And that purchase is my first experience stepping into buying something out of state. And with that building in particular, 16-unit building, just over $2 million in Rogers Park, which is an area that I know pretty well because my sister's husband grew up there. And my dad actually lived there way back in the day when it was a very different neighborhood. But again. Short distance outside of the city, housing you can buy below replacement costs, and right next to transportation that can get you downtown quickly.
1: Are those three things that you always look for? Yes. Below replacement costs, right outside of the city, and public transportation.
0: Yes. And I should also add that I very much focus on distressed properties. And when I say distressed, it's usually either they're financially distressed in some way, there's sort of a difficult tenant situation that maybe the owner doesn't want to deal with, or there's a lot of deferred maintenance where I just have to go in and get some significant work done in a very short amount of time.
1: You live in San Francisco. You've got, I imagine your plate full with Stessa as well as wherever else your time goes. This property that you just purchased is in Chicago and you just said that you buy distressed properties or distressed owners or some sort of distressed situation. So how do you plan on overseeing the successful execution of the business plan being remote?
0: That is a great question. So these days, I have property managers for everything, for all my properties. In the early days, I tried managing myself. It was great for learning the ropes and kind of understanding everything. But now I'm very reliant on the property manager. do a lot of due diligence on finding the right one to come with willing recommendations and can really handle all of the day-to-day operations. And then I have SESA, of course, that's processing all the financials helping me to better understand what I should be getting in terms of rent and getting those regular insights, like things like if a water bill all of a sudden spikes, I can get those sort of notifications and then check back in with the property manager and make sure I'm able to stay on top of things without spending too much time on the day-to-day management or having to really dig in too deep into all the details.
1: That's huge. That's a big deal because 99 out of 100 property managers would not be proactive enough to let the owner know if a water bill is spiking, or they might not even have access to know that, depending on how the bills are set up. That's a big deal.
0: And I didn't really go into the details of a building where I doubled the value back in 2016. That was the inspiration for SESA. You know, the things that we really looked at, it was a combination of raising the rent. I bring up the water bill, because that was one of the things that we noticed in the analysis that the water bill had gone up dramatically and had been that way for almost four months and just nobody had ever noticed. And then doing other things to get operational costs low, what like was the actually switched for it. The, there was a water leak. Duh. And <laughs> we, yeah, not only did we end up saving a lot of money on it, but we increased the value of the building as a multifamily property. So we got the NOI up by bringing the operational costs down. And we saved potential ongoing damage to the building. Who knows if we have a water leak going for a year or so, what could have happened. And at that time, if you're looking at NOI, now since we the time, it was around two thousand sixteen. So and this is also the Bay Area, so things were trading at a forecast back then, $333 a month around that that we could save translated into about $100,000 in real value in the building. So you was know, like doling all these different levers like, ooh, we can change property managers and get their take down by 1%. And then, oh, hey, the water leak was kind of ridiculous. I think we ended up saving like $500 a month just on that alone. Wow. And then we found a number of areas, especially on the income side with the rents, where there were some interesting opportunities to get them up to market. Which is often somewhat tricky in rent controlled areas like Oakland.
1: Please elaborate.
0: Most of the deals that I've done in the Bay Area are because they're older housing stock and because they're in Oakland, excuse me, Berkeley and San Francisco, they all have rent controlled tenants. So, I mean, I think a lot of the best ever listeners are probably very familiar with rent control, but basically, the amount that you're allowed to raise the rents is dictated by certain city rent control. Guidelines like Chicago, where you're able to basically see hey, all the rents in this building are probably 20% under market. We can go in and renovate the unit, bring the rents up to market, and the tenants can either choose to stay or leave. But there's no issues with, with just turning things around really quickly out here. It's a much more delicate situation.
1: Based on your experience as a real estate investor and also being really focused on the technology aspect of real estate, what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: There's a common theme out there that everybody often kind of repeats around holding real estate forever, and that it's this incredibly passive investment. And this type of advice is especially true when talking to investors who focus on residential rentals with long-term renters. My advice is that you really need to make it a consistent practice to continually optimize. And me personally, whenever I've maximized the value and I no longer see significant upside, I move on to the next building. Yep.
1: That's why I love your platform because I think I mentioned it in the ad that I recorded, but I've got three single family homes. They make me a hundred bucks a month total for the whole year. It's just ridiculous. Although they should make money, you know, I have someone move out and then I have to pay for repair costs and turnover costs. So I basically break even on the three homes, but I have about $350,000 in equity that's essentially trapped. Well, it is trapped. I'm um, not essentially it is. It's trapped there because I bought the homes at a good price relative to where the market is at now and what they're worth. So having something like Stessa where I can say, okay, wait a second, what's going on here? I need to really maximize my portfolio. And now I learned about it a little bit too late. So I regret that because all of my residents are on 12 month leases. So I can only sell to an investor right now, but what I'm doing as a result of what you just said and learn more about your company is when the residents in each of those three homes, their lease expires, then we aren't going to renew it and we're going to sell to a, some or we might sell to them. Or someone who is gonna move in and live there and I'll be able to recapture that equity that is just trapped there instead of making a hundred bucks a month, I actually get $350,000 and then I can go invest that.
0: That is awesome and that is the way to do it. Find a new property where there's tremendous value at opportunity and then you continually create more value. In the last six years, I think I've done one 1031 exchange each year. So Mm -hmm. of the one or two deals I do, at least one of them is always an exchange into something bigger, where I, I basically get to the point, I've done the analysis. More recently, Steph giving me that analysis, where I'm like, yeah, I don't see that much more upside. Let me get into another newer distressed building, ideally workforce housing, where I see more significant upside. And it's, it's crazy. You can just keep on kind of climbing the ladder and get into a bigger and bigger building. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Real estate is truly the backbone of how to scale. There's two ways. One, you buy a property, you hold on to it, and you just get lucky that the market appreciates. And you're in a good spot in San Francisco, at least recently, where that's happened and you've bought the right time. Or two, what you do is buy something that's distressed and then add the value. So you're forcing the appreciation and there's not as much luck involved, although there's always some dealing with real estate and people. But it's more of a proven process. So we're gonna do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Finally, there's a simple way to track rental performance. Stessa, our best ever sponsor, lets real estate investors track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate portfolios for free. Go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. You'll always know how your properties are performing with this dashboard. It's a beautiful looking dashboard, and it will help you save time with smarter income and expense tracking you don't have to do any more data entry. Just upload the stuff directly from your phone. It tracks it in real time. Get organized for tax time with tax-ready financials so you can download them instantly. This thing was built by investors for real estate investors. It's been featured in all the publications you can think of. To get set up with your free account, just add your properties, link your accounts, and everything else updates in real time. stessa.com forward slash ever. S T E S S A dot com forward slash best ever to get started. What if you could earn ten thousand per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Guarino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit R A L Academy dot com to learn more. Okay, best ever book you've recently read.
0: I normally like to share business books or real estate books I'm reading, but if we're talking, well, if we're talking the best ever book, then I'll call out this one, it's actually a story that I've shared endlessly throughout my life. And when people ask me for something provocative to read. So if you haven't read it, check out All You Zombies. It's a sci-fi short story by Robert Heinlein from the fifties. And it's a story that I read as a kid. And it's the one that got me addicted to science fiction. So it's incredibly short, like 10 pages. You can blow right through it. And it deals with time travel, questions around existence and causality, and it's quite dark and it's a bit of a mental mind screw. <laughs> it was my sci-fi gateway drug, and it led me to discover many other greats in the space and kind of set the stage for me to always be thinking about technology and implications on the future.
1: Uh, nerd alert. <laughs> Wait, what? Did I? Did you hear? Wait, sorry about that. <laughs> I'm looking up right now, and I will check that out. That sounds like fun, and I know one of my brothers will certainly enjoy that too. I'll tell him about it. What's the best ever deal you've done?
0: The best ever deal I did was a real estate deal where I tripled the value of a building in just over a year, thanks to, I'll call it insider information. And yes, I realize it's ridiculous that real estate is the only asset class where insider information or really the level of information asymmetry I'm about to talk about is allowed. But but let me just tell you the story. So this particular building, it was a 5,000 square foot fourplex in San Francisco in the mission. It had sold for nearly 1.7 million back in, in, in 2016. And then the crisis hit. So the owner tried to sell it shortly after, but they were unable to unload the building and it eventually went into foreclosure. So once the bank had the property, the building was just ignored for a long while with no consistent management. And the property itself became seriously distressed from both a maintenance and a kind of perspective. And end result is that I was able to pick it up with a partner in 2012, in foreclosure for less than half of its former price that the owner had bought it for, and much less than they tried to list it for. But here's the kicker. So it goes back to the whole rent control thing. SF is rent controlled. The leases had been lost somewhere in the shuffle and the tenants lied to the bank about the rent. So they were paying a small fraction of what they actually owed, hence the low price that is being marketed for. And here's where the crazy information asymmetry came into play. I dug up the disclosure packet From when the former owner tried to sell the building and i realized that in the disclosure packet that had all of the original leases and the tenants who were residing in the building at the time i was looking at it they were all still the same same people so i went and i told this to the selling agent once we got in contract and his comment was simply yeah good luck with that i of course was able to immediately get the rent back to market after purchase and then I had some luck with the tenants choosing to leave while we were doing the much-needed deferred maintenance work that was required. And I was able to unload the building shortly after for triple the purchase price.
1: So, How much you make it, in total on it?
0: On that particular deal, so first of all, I'd say make money that I'm taking and putting in my pocket in any of these deals. But that one, we probably netted somewhere around like 1.7.
1: What made you think to look that up?
0: I was obsessed with real estate, and I track every single listing that hit the market at that time. Every day I was just looking at listings to hit the market in San Francisco. And I saw the building and I was like, I remember this building. I've seen this before. And I realized it was a friend with somebody who, they had actually gotten into contract when the former owner was selling it. And we'd actually talked about it. So I just happened to remember it. And then I just dug out disclosure packets. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but house? yeah, I took, took that 1.7 and, and transferred it into a 21 unit apartment complex in Berkeley via 1031 exchange. So it, was, it ended up great deal.
1: The valuation was kind of low to begin with, so that also triggered something that was like, wait a second, why is this a little bit lower?
0: Yeah, it came on the market at a crazy low price. And if you're just obsessed over a very specific area, which I was, because again, this whole workforce housing thing, mission really close to BART, people can get downtown San Francisco incredibly fast. And again, lots of really old buildings. So I was honed in on this one area, tracking all the deals, and then saw this come on the market, and I'm like, whoa, that is too low. What is the deal? So reached out to the agent and started getting the information and found out that there was just some crazy tenant situation in the building.
1: What's a mistake you've made on a transaction?
0: Maybe I'll focus on the mistake that I made. I can think of a bigger mistake that's a, a fun story that the best ever listeners might like. The mistake on just a building and real estate in general is just not doing your due diligence. So on that first single family home, the one I house hacked that I spoke about earlier, I needed to do some significant work into the garage that required a contractor and I wanted to do it really fast and affordably because this was my first dabbling into real estate. So I found this contractor who gave me a verbal quote that seemed amazing. And he was ready to start immediately at a time when you just couldn't find contractors. So looking back, I clearly should have realized that it was way too good to be true. And beyond all that, he asked for a pretty healthy portion of the payment upfront, which again, should have been a red flag. But he demoed the whole garage and then he disappeared. And I was trying to reach him, couldn't find him. But to make a long story short, this is crazy. And this is a true story. After months of trying to reach this guy, I learned through the news that he had been arrested under suspicion of being the 580 sniper.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: It was insane. I ended up going through the contractor state license board because he was insured and bonded. And they had to send somebody into the prison to interview him for his side of the story.
1: Hmm.
0: (laughs) True story. Crazy. But what I've learned from that is that that particular situation was extreme, And I learned my lesson, and I make sure to always do my due diligence, whether checking references prior to signing contracts, modeling everything thoughtfully pre-purchase or pre-sale, or simply just really staying on top of my portfolio performance over time. And that is all about SEPA.
1: Best ever way you like to give back to the community?
0: I guess mentorship. I really wouldn't be where I am today without the teachers and the mentors I've had throughout my life. So whether it's uh, helping fellow investors on real estate deals or advising entrepreneurs on starting a business, I've always made myself available to others and make it a priority to pass on my knowledge. And now that I'm a bit more time strapped, growing family, I use my company to to pass on that knowledge. So whether it's like through our newsletter, our blog or insights within the product, I want to enable other investors to be more successful and be able to maximize the value of their assets. It's it's that we really have this mission to democratize real estate as an asset class And that translates into supporting all investors all along the way as they build out and continue to grow their portfolios.
1: How can the best ever listeners learn more about Stessa?
0: To learn more about Stessa, I recommend everyone with an investment property, just go to stessa.com and register for free. It only takes a few minutes to get up and running.
1: Well, Heath, thank you so much for being on the show. Holy cow. Lots of insights here. Your best ever advice about not holding real estate forever and consistently practice the optimization process so you can maximize the value. And your 1031 comment, that right there is I think the theme here for our conversation because you're constantly looking to force appreciation through value add deals. You talked about what you look for below replacement costs right outside of the city, public transportation in a distressed situation. And then you optimize the performance of your overall portfolio through your platform, Stessa now, and you're able to continually to scale up and scale up and scale up. So not only interesting, but something that can be applied to anyone's portfolio, that thought process. So thanks for being on the show. Really enjoyed it. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Fantastic, thank you.
1: What if you could earn 10,000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.